0: What is up, everybody? Welcome into Locked on Tigers. I am your host, Chris Castellani. Thank you very much for tuning in today. It is Thursday, September 10th, 2020. What a game that was yesterday, huh? I told you it was a game they should have won. Tigers go out at home against the Brewers and get curb stomped, smacked, smashed, molly whopped whatever you want to call it. 19 nothing. 0 Brew Crew, it was definitely one to forget, or maybe one to remember, depending on how you look at it, the worst, and and Tony Paul confirmed this on Twitter, the worst shutout loss in the history of the Detroit Tigers. 21 hits for the Brewers, 2 for the Tigers. Brewers scored in the 2nd, 3rd, 4th, 6th, 7th, and ninth innings. It was ugly, and we're going to talk about it today. Now, the one thing, the one caveat I will throw out there: it only counts as one loss. And it sounds straight. It sometimes it might feel like more, but to me, it's like it's the the baseball equivalent of a slam dunk. Where in basketball, a, a guy will make an incredible dunk, a three sixty between the legs, he'll posterize somebody. It always just counts for two points. You can get that back pretty quickly. That's that's what this is like. It's one loss. They still are miraculously. In the thick of things in this uh, playoff race here as they chase that number 8 seed in the American League. But it was ugly. There's no way around it. It was a brutal, brutal game. I'll start with uh, one positive on the other side. Because there were no positives really for Detroit. I've been very critical of Milwaukee Brewers starting pitching and I didn't know what to expect out of this Corbin Burns kid he was electric man I mean great stuff fastball slider and cutter were really dynamic peaked at about 98 miles per hour seven innings one hit zero earned runs zero walks and 11 strikeouts if there's one minor positive and then I'm really stretching here to take away from yesterday's ball game it's that no matter what the Tigers would have lost this game. Like, it's not like they lost 19-9 to and you look back and go, oh my God, if the pitching just could have held up, even if the pitching was great, I don't think it would have mattered. Burns was on one uh, yesterday. He was phenomenal. Now, to the negatives on the other end for the Tigers because it was a truly ugly performance. The ugliest of performances goes to Matt Boyd, whose record falls to 1-6, 3 innings, 8 hits, 7 earned runs, 4 walks, and 2 strikeouts. All the positive steps forward he had taken over his last couple starts, negated by a truly, truly miserable outing. And I said this in my post game. I'll reiterate it again here, he has become not my least favorite pitcher we've ever seen here, because he's too good a guy, and he's too capable of being good for me to really despise him, and he's definitely not my favorite we've ever seen here. The... Most frustrating pitcher I have ever watched in a Detroit Tigers uniform because of the remarkable inconsistency, and even more so the fact that I can't explain why he struggles when he struggles. Looked excellent in his last two outings, both against Minnesota. Went six innings in both of them. Walks were down, strikeouts were up. You know, did give up some hard contact, did give up some home runs, but worked around it. You know, it got one win there, took a loss last time out. to Minnesota, but you know, he still pitched very well. And it looked like he was taking steps forward. Even the two starts before that in Cleveland seemed like he had taken steps forward. It's all the same stuff. Command, poor, four walks yesterday, getting behind in counts, giving up hard contact, giving up home runs, five extra base hits allowed yesterday. With some of these guys, I'm able to explain what their deal is. Like, when Turnbull struggles, it's pretty obvious. You can pinpoint, okay, command. That's one thing you point to. He's got to improve that. He's got to improve his control. If he can throw more strikes, if he can be more consistent, getting ahead in counts, he can be great here. I don't know what it is with Matt Boyd. Yeah, like, obviously, command was not good yesterday, but my question is, why the consistent inconsistency? Good pitchers, even the best pitchers, For the most part, unless you're Jacob deGrom in in 2018 or like one of these transcendent guys, even the best pitchers will have one or two or maybe even three starts in a 162-game campaign where they just get rocked. They just don't have their best stuff. There could be a a number of things that that lead to a guy struggling on a particular day. Verlander was always good for one or two of those or even more in, in a season, even when he was at his best. Matt Boyd has had five starts now this year that you would look at, and in a 162-game season, you would say, okay, throw that one in the trash. I've never seen a pitcher capable of reaching the heights he's able to reach while simultaneously being just as capable of plundering into the deepest of depths. I don't get it. I don't get him. And I'm, I'm tired of the long leash with him. I think people are way too lenient on him. First of all, look, the organization not trading him, that's not his fault. I'm not mad at Matt Boyd about that. I'm not mad at Matt Boyd at all. Like, I'm just I'm just frustrated. I'm, I'm not angry, son. I'm just disappointed. But I wish, uh, I don't know if it was the media or what, I wish people would press him more and try to get down to the bottom of what's going on. Because it, he's been so bad. And I brought this up before, but it makes me wonder if perhaps there's something going on psychologically that hasn't been covered here. Because there's no way he's this bad. Yes, he was very bad in the second half last season. Still finished, you know, with over 200 strikeouts, gave him innings, right? Like, had probably his most complete best season at the Major League level. The stuff is about the same as it was a year ago. And yet, the numbers are consistently worse. And I'm tired of the defense. I'm tired of people saying, well, if you look at expected FIP, if you look at Sierra, if you look at some of the advanced analytics, it shows he's been okay. First of all, the Tigers didn't not trade him under the pretense that he was going to be okay. They didn't trade him because they thought he was going to be great. So either way, he's fallen below expectations. But even beyond that, to me, with any pitcher, especially one who's been in the major leagues for a while, you can find any advanced analytic that supports that they're okay. But as I've said a million times, at a certain point, you are the pitcher. Your numbers reflect you to be. And if he was giving up bloopers and CNI singles and, and 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 worm killers, you know, on the infield, I'd be like, hey, you know what? Bad luck. The defense was making some misplays, sure. You could say, well, you know, you could get that back. It's unfortunate that they have such a poor defense behind them. He's giving up home runs and doubles and pitches with exit velocities of 100, 110. He's not fooling anyone. And outside of what two and a half starts this year, hasn't all year. It's no longer a small sample size. He's just been really, really bad. And I don't know what it will take for him to turn it around and be more consistent. You felt like maybe he had found something. You felt like maybe he turned a corner. He was throwing that change up more, throwing the curveball more. That's all negated. He was miserable yesterday. And the Tigers would go on to lose 19-0. Travis Demerrit came in as a position player, gave up two home runs, four earned runs over one inning of work. The one lone bright spot, Willie Castro with two hits, including a triple. Daz Cameron, I even forgot to bring that up. How incredible is it? They got bullied so bad yesterday that I forgot that the Tigers' number seven best prospect made his major league debut. Spent half the show talking about it uh, the other day. Completely forgot about it here. 19 0 at the hands of the Brewers. We're going to remember that one for a while. I went a little bit in depth about this on my post game, so I won't cover it too long. And in segment two, I'm going to preview today's doubleheader against the Cardinals, but. When I ask myself if I'm being too cynical or if I'm being too rough on this team for not believing in the possibility of sneaking into the postseason, it's games like that that make me say, no, no, I'm not. They are still a million times better than they were a season ago. It does not mean that they are good. And and what makes this even worse is that's a game they should have won yesterday. They have a tough stretch coming up. They should have won that ball game, and they not only weren't competitive, they pretty much embarrassed themselves and put some another game back, another game behind the eight balls. They try to fight forward for the home stretch here in 2020. When I get back, I will preview the two pitching matchups coming up today in a seven-inning double dip against the St. Louis Cardinals. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. And we are back. Uh, some interesting or even fun pitching matchups coming up uh, in this series between the Tigers and the Cardinals. First game, a 215 ball game today at Bush Stadium in St. Louis, Missouri. Game one, going for the Cardinals, you have Jack Flaherty. He comes in with a 2-1 record and a 2.95 ERA. The Cubs made Flaherty throw 69 pitches in two and two-thirds innings in his loss last Friday as he allowed three runs on four hits. Two walks didn't help, but he struck out four and will look to be more efficient in Thursday's start against the Tigers. He's been fine this year, hasn't gone particularly deep into ball games at all. I think he was a bit injured to start the season. This dude is legit. This guy was a top-ten pitcher in baseball last year. Outside of Arietta in 2015, had maybe the greatest second half by any pitcher ever in the modern era. He was remarkable. He is their ace. He's their guy. He's their opening day starter. They made the playoffs. He would be their game one guy. This is going to be a tall order for the Tigers. He's not impossible to hit, but finished fourth for the Cy Young a year ago. He was pretty darn good. Going for the Tigers, you have Tarek skuball making his fifth start. He comes in with a 1-1 record and a 4-7-0 ERA. He's coming off of the best start of his young career so far. He was great against the Twins last time out. Six innings, only gave up one earned run against a good Twins offense. It's not a matter of stuff. It's just a matter of trusting it with him. And I think what we saw last time out was hopefully a, a, a revelation. He's been better his last two outings, much better. He seems to have improved substantially each time out which is a wonderful sign you always want to see improvement from these young pitchers this Cardinals lineup isn't great I think he'll pitch well I think he'll pitch well again you know look he's made two pretty good starts one great start I'm not saying he's gonna take off and he's never gonna pitch poorly again but I think with the way he looked last time out and considering the offense that he is facing I think he'll he'll be pretty darn good today I'm not sure if they'll win but I think he'll be pretty good in game two this is a juicy one I'm excited to talk about this one Going for the Cardinals, you have Austin Gomber. Gomber, who made eight relief appearances this year, made a spot start in the Cardinals doubleheader against the Cubs on Saturday and threw a scoreless two and two-thirds inning, striking out five and walking three. His stuff earned him another twin-bill start, and he'll likely be stretched out More on four days of rest. You know, not an opener necessarily, but won't be going very deep into games. With that said, I've seen him pitch before. He's got legitimate stuff. The Cardinals know how to develop pitching. They know how to develop everything. They always pull talent out of their butt. But one thing I forgot to bring up in the first segment, and I saved it because I was so darn excited. Kyle Funkhauser got optioned to Toledo. He got rocked yesterday. I don't necessarily agree with that decision. Obviously, he hadn't been very good, but he's young. I'd prefer to keep him up. But the reason... The reason for that, the man who is back on the mound for the Detroit Tigers. Here comes the general, ladies and gentlemen. Here comes the general, the moment you've been waiting for. Here comes the general, the pride of five years, $110 million. Jordan Zimmerman is back on the mound for the Detroit Tigers. What a day. What a lovely, lovely day. Coming off of a 1-13 season in which he had a 6-9-1 ERA, miraculously, Probably not his worst season as a Tiger. I think 2017 you could argue was worse, where he led all of baseball with 108 earned runs. He has been truly the worst starting pitcher in baseball since he debuted with Detroit back in 2016. Gave him a good month and has since been abysmal. A 25-41 and 41 record for the Tigers 5'61 ERA in 96 games as a Tiger. 95 games started. Miraculously started two opening days. Look, I don't know how he's going to look, right? Maybe he'll go out there and pitch. I don't know, man. Maybe he'll have a few good innings, right? But he's done. There is no pitcher in baseball more done than Jordan Zimmerman. And we are just watching the clock, waiting with bated breath, for all of this to be over, and I I truly can't wait for the day, and I've talked about him before, I have no personal vendetta or anything against Jordan Zimmerman, I think he's handled himself with class, I think when you look at kind of his game plan and some of his starts, there's been clear effort, like he hasn't quit, but he is, to me, the poster child of the Dark Ages of Detroit Tigers baseball, and if and when he does inevitably get rocked, I will talk about this team and why this whole, oh man, they're making a push for the playoffs thing, is so ludicrous. Tony Paul said it best. There's nothing that says Tigers believe that they're contenders like calling up Jordan Zimmerman, but he's back, and just and when the world needed him most, he vanished, but now he's returned. It wouldn't surprise me if he cured COVID, to be honest with you. I think he's that special. So that will do it. I don't have much to say about either one of those games, to be honest. This is going to be a tough stretch. They should have won yesterday and they lost 19 0. So oops. That will do it for today's show. You can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at C A S T E L L A N I 2014. You can follow this show on Twitter at Lockdown Tigers. While you're at it, go to Apple Podcasts, go to iTunes, leave a positive review of this show. It would be much, much appreciated. Also, I have a personal YouTube channel in which I'm reviewing movies. Please go there and check out those reviews. The link to that is in my personal Twitter account. I will be back here tomorrow recapping the doubleheader. Thank you very much for tuning in and listening. Have a great rest of your day, and go Tigers.